Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. It's a busy weekend in Kansas City where I live. They've got the NFL draft going on. I, I'm not a big uh, you know, NFL draft-watching dude, but it is quite a to-do. I'm just going to tell you, it is quite a to-do. And I'm going to tell you while you're considering going to Texas or maybe going to, uh, you know, uh, Nashville or whatever, Kansas City's a pretty cool place. they got a new airport and everything. It's, it's not a bad – and the barbecue is sick. Sick. Uh, the only problems I have with Kansas City is uh, where's the beach and where are the mountains? They're way over there and way over there. <laughs> that's, a, that's about it. But anyway, we've got the uh, the big draft. They did the, the Union Station downtown. they got a Union Station like so many great cities have a, an old train station like Cincinnati, and they've converted it into a lot of stuff, little museums, you know, where you can go see bodies, the display, or whatever. And uh, the same thing goes with the Kansas City uh, uh, Union Station. you got a theater there. I saw a live version of The Evil Dead. That was hilarious. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. So uh, Kansas City, you know, I'm going to tell you, if you're, uh, if you're near Kansas City, not a bla- bad place to go. Maybe if you're headed to Colorado for your transgender surgery, you could just swing by Kansas City and, and pay a visit. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about Tucker and why I believe he was uh, let go. Everybody's got an uh, opinion. You know what opinions are like. And we don't need another one of those on uh, on the radio. But I, I think it was about uh, controlling the narrative going into the coming election. I think there was a lot of that going on. There was also money involved. I think that Fox was, uh, I think Fox would have liked to have some of that sweet, sweet money that, that all the networks get when you're not being uh, targeted by, like, for instance, the Global Disinformation Index. Now, on top of everything else that conservative media has to deal with, the uh, Global Disinformation Index, which, by the way, is funded by George Soros, it literally, what it does, it has created this dynamic exclusion list, which uh, they say is most likely to be an outlet spreading disinformation. The uh, the GDI often labels right-wing outlets as being at risk of spreading disinformation, left-wing and establishment outlets as being the least likely, and so ad dollars go that way. And you know going into this election year, Fox was under fire. That way, also Tucker was really taking it to a new level journalistically, exposing things that you don't hear anywhere else. That's one of the things I found compelling. And it was true. And he also he also talked about everything that last year was called disinformation. And it drove him nuts. So um, I was looking at this, uh, this piece. Paul Fitzpatrick, the president of the 1792 Exchange, said that uh, the foreign disinformation advocacy, the GDI, possibly changed some election outcomes because it chokes off information. And that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. Coming up to shut you down. You may recall, again, OAN gone from DirecTV. Uh, and, of course, Newsmax as well. We're back on. We're grateful. But clearly there are reasons for that. Fox was the only one standing. We're back. 
just in time for Fox to fire uh, Tucker Carlson, and then consequently, people have said, "Okay, well, we need somebody we can trust. We know some. We need to talk, to, hear somebody, watch somebody who is a truth teller." Doesn't mean that everybody they have on the news is uh, reliably conservative. They have uh, Alan Dershowitz on as a panelist all the time, and others. But it, it, while most of the hosts on, uh, in fact, I would, yeah, most of the hosts on Newsmax are conservative, have a conservative bent or libertarian bent, like Tucker Carlson. Nobody's going to change their stripes because management is not telling them to do that. The, that's not happening at Fox, and I believe that's why Tucker was let go because he wasn't going to play by their sheet music, and the last straw was January the 6th when Chuck Schumer told uh, Rupert Murdoch, kill the story, and Fox did. That's why it happened, I think. Good news for Newsmax, and if, if you get the chance to watch my show this weekend, and it, all of Newsmax, yesterday, great coverage with regard to Donald Trump's speech and, and uh, just wonderful shows on there. Carl Higby, I'll get to him in a second. He's got a great theory about uh, Tucker Carlson. Newsmax total, total audience. For three days since Tucker Carlson being like a up 220%. This never happens. This is, this is epic. 220% increase in audience. Don Lemon did the opposite to CNN. Total women. Women. 270% increase. 270. Adults, 35-64. So adults. 261%, and men, just all, not men, but, but men, cisgendered, born with penises, I'm presuming, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever works, 219% increase, 219% increase by Newsmax, because people are going, okay, well, you know, I was barely hanging on to Fox, and now, honestly, I'm kind of done. It's like it's the, last, uh, it's the last straw. It's that last thing that you do in a relationship where she says, pack your bleep up and get the hell out of here. <laughs> not not pe- speaking from experience, but dang, I came close. So anyway, there's this, uh, there's this GDI, which uh, there's a Microsoft-owned company called Xander that literally uses the GDI dynamic ex- exclusion list to steer advertising dollars away from conservative outlets, including Newsmax, and this is a way they censor. Now, Carl Higby of Newsmax feels that uh, this is uh, pretty much kind of the way it is. This is Fox wanting to get in on the good graces of the swamp, of the rhino establishment, so they can get some of that sweet, sweet money coming from Big Pharma, uh, BlackRock, Big, uh, you know, uh, the global, the, the, uh, the, uh, military industrial complex, possibly green energy, all of those things they do. And right now, as a conservative outlet with uh, Tucker Carlson there, they're not going to do that. So here is uh, Carl Higby last night talking about uh, Fox's, and this is just Carl ruminating. It's just he's positing an idea. It's not necessarily, oh, yes, concrete, but this is just an idea. Do I agree with it completely? Eh, eh, I think it might be part of it. But here is Carl Higby from his show Frontline on Newsmax yesterday. There is a company called BlackRock. It's the world's largest investment firm with about 8.5 trillion with a T dollars under management. Just as a reference, folks, the United States federal government took in $4.9 trillion in tax revenue last year. BlackRock is worth nearly double the entire annual revenue of the federal government. Wow. You think they don't have any influence? Money under management (laughs) is generally from pensions, endowments, foundations, and a variety of other holdings. But do you have a state pension? If you work for a state government, it's likely invested in BlackRock or Vanguard, the number two fund. Well, those are really cozy relationships. Which, ironically, BlackRock is also invested in. But here's where it gets interesting. Last night, 
Forbes reported on the Tucker Carlson filing, yeah. firing, noting one business story that Carlson pursued courted controversy by taking on one of the biggest asset managers in the world, BlackRock, Who's which that? has been a leading advocate for ESG investing. Oh. Now, Carlson provided a platform on his show for the anti-ESG movement. Oh, hmm. yeah. Now, when I was lot, talking about a lot of coverage on that. Now, after it, though, in July of 2022, most notably, Tucker did another segment on ESG investments. Now, this is uh, with regard to uh, uh, ESG, meaning this uh, score that you get for being so green, right? And and here's what Tucker had to say about it. And then uh, Carl Higby's response to that. Ghana has achieved a near perfect Ghana. ESG environmental impact score Ghana. of 97.7. Yes. According to World Economic Research, Sri Lanka has an ESG score of 98.1. The Netherlands, 90.7. So the poorer you get, the more human suffering there is, the higher your ESG score. Oh. And that's important because companies will not invest unless you have a high ESG score. Interesting. Now, over the same course of time, what was happening to BlackRock's portfolio? This they lost $1.7 trillion. Now, there's a variety of factors here, but it was also on the backs of Florida and a litany of other states pulling their pension investments seemingly, apparently, after Tucker's attacks on the liberal pipe dream investment strategy of ESG. Then, according to the same Forbes article, in February 2023, BlackRock disclosed that its investments in a Class A Fox Corporation stock yes. had increased to 15%. <gasps> That's not a majority, but enough to get a seat at the table. <laughs> well, kind as of recently as this morning, there were ads on Fox News for BlackRock. Well, that's kind of interesting. So uh, ESG, which is steering taxpayer money toward green energy nonsense, which is essentially how you get the money from the big bloated infrastructure bill or the IR or the uh, or the uh, uh, the uh, inflation reduction bill to their green energy cronies. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. And then, of course, they have to advertise. Uh, also, those companies do. Here's a little more from Carl Higby. Robert Kennedy knew early that the covid vaccines were both ineffective and and potentially dangerous and he's yeah tucker was on the wrong side of big vaccine money too said so in public to the extent he was allowed science has since proven robert f kennedy jr right unequivocally right but kennedy was not rewarded for this he was vilified he was censored because he dared to criticize their advertisers the news media called bobby kennedy a nazi what else does blackrock hold stake in what's that pfizer Oh, there you go. There is the old uh, Pfizer thingy. And I guess that's kind of a big deal to America's uh, major uh, mainstream media corporations. It's brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. What do you suppose the chances of those shows doing anything anti-vaccine? ABC News Nightline. <laughs> brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> Making a difference. Don't say anything about Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And here's Carl Higby. Not only green energy, not, not only big pharma, but also big defense. This Add this to Tucker's view on the neocon class and defense spending hawks. The neocons hate Donald Trump. They run from him as the devil hates holy water. Trump famously <laughs> ran against the neocons. And then he mocked the neocons. And then he tried to fix the destruction they had wrought on America's foreign policy. Well, just a quick search on other BlackRock's holdings reveal that BlackRock is one of the largest investors in U.S. weapon manufacturers, aerospace, and defense. <laughs> oh, wow.
Ow. Oh, man. Doesn't it make sense? You know, it's kind of funny. If you listen to Washington, D.C. media, you always hear from these big companies like Raytheon in their advertising in Washington, D.C., but they don't run ads anywhere else. So it's like we build airplanes. We're Boeing, you know, whatever, military contract. They run commercials in Washington, D.C. because uh, that's where their bread is buttered. Uh, it's funny because I, I heard Mark Levin finally uh, mentioning this. I've said it forever. Washington, D.C., like seven of the richest 10 counties in America surround D.C., and there's no manufacturing in Washington, D.C. They don't build cars. They don't have any coal mines. They don't have any uh, what? They don't. All they do is exist to take your money and spend it and divide it up again with their cronies. That's what it's all about. So uh, this, you know, and it wouldn't be so bad if you're like, okay, Tucker, we don't want you to tick off the advertisers. I get that. I really do get that. But this isn't about that. This is about shutting down stories. This is about shutting down stories altogether. Uh, complete editorial control to placate people in Washington, D.C. That's what this is all about. You have a lot of rules. Listen, nobody has free reign when they do a show. I don't have free reign to do a show. But I'm also not told you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. There are a couple little stylistic things that I do, like... Rob, you got to slow down. You talk a little too fast. Sometimes your brain works faster than your, you know, your your mouth and your mouth. Yeah, I get that. I get, and I'm cool. But nobody says don't say anything about Pfizer. But apparently, you know, this is kind of a way to get that sort of talk off the air. Get rid of Tucker Carlson. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, 800-922-6680. A little more. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. We've got to get into the uh, the producer at Fox who has filed a lawsuit against Tucker Carlson, even though she never met him. And I've got some amazing story uh, insights on that and, and some details. And then also really good news on the battle for freedom of speech. It's gotten so bad that even professors at Harvard are starting a free speech revolution. I know. That's on the way. This is The Rob Carson Show. The one thing the America-hating left and Democrats didn't expect. Unlike them, we don't hate America. We are finally putting America first. It's The Rob Carson Show. If you would like to uh, text your vote, Newsmax doing an urgent poll asking you if uh, Fox was right to fire Tucker. And if you'd like to uh, be have them back on television, uh, just text the uh, uh, word event, E-V-E-N-T, to 39747. That's uh, event to 39747 if you would like to uh, vote in the, uh, in the poll. You know, we haven't had any funny in a few. So this is new from Jim Gossett as Tucker Carlson going viral everywhere. My name's Tucker Carlson, and you gotta know, I am going elsewhere and get a new show. To my former colleagues, I have a tip. Jump that sinking ship. Cause stupid to fire me. Worst move in history. <laughs> Fox News is headed in the tank. It's money in the bank. Tucker was number one. He was. Time slot, I always won. Fox News. You're gonna pay real soon. I have two words for Rupert Murdoch, and they are not thank you. Uh-uh. Look what Fox has become. Left wing and really dumb. Paul Ryan doesn't have a clue. The Murdoch brothers do. Stupid, that is Fox News. Big time, they're gonna 
the day that they can me. By the way, uh, if you want to help out Jim Gossett, he has got what's called a Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's for uh, producers, people who uh, are content producers, and they you know get shut down by uh, cons- you know liberal media. Also, they crowdfund creative types, not just uh, you know like broadcasters. Uh, anyway, it's Patreon, Jim Gossett sh- uh, comedy. If you want to help him out, let's go to uh, Sean in Limeo, California. One of my favorite callers. Hey, Sean, what's up on this Friday, my friend? Uh, greetings from West Libertaria. <laughs> yes, what's up? <laughs> well, I want to make a comment about Central Libertaria, also known yes. as Chicago. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I came across this article, and here's all these uh, Chicago politicians blaming Walmart for closing. Yeah. And the issue, they just don't understand that if yeah. they want to find the source of the real problem, they need to look into a mirror. And by, uh, you know, the pro-looting politicians are shocked in Walmart's clothes. And it's... Hold on, let me finish. Bob, hold on. Uh, Michelle Obama, years ago when, when Barack Obama was the president, she yeah. used to uh, complain about food deserts. And, and I was the one who said, you know what a food desert is? It's a really crappy neighborhood where you can't do business because you get robbed blind. And that's what's happening. And you know what? If you make your bed that way, if you are a DA or if you are a, a mayor who says you can steal $1,000 worth of stuff and get away with it or not prosecute anybody for wrecking the place like they did in the summer of 2020, this is what you get. And it's as far as I'm concerned, you lay in that empty bed with empty bottles, burned out hall of a building on your own. Uh, it's not Walmart's problem. It's Chicago Democrats' problem. Go ahead. Well, it's just the way that they always uh, f- have to find someone else to blame when they're to blame. Well, 100%. It's all projection. It always is. It's uh, blaming big corporations. And, you know, it's always big big corporations, big this. Well, you know what? Those big companies uh, employ a lot of little people. A lot of little people pay taxes on that. And a lot of little people move to places where there are jobs. Like, for instance, last night I was hanging at the cigar shop. And we've got a big Amazon warehouse near us. Literally, it's crazy. I can literally order, like, ink cartridges and have them arrive faster than a pizza. It's freaking nuts. And, you know, what it's glorious but if a mayor here just said you know you can go rob the amazon warehouse or rob the liquor stores or rob whatever and not be prosecuted how long do you think amazon would stick around my hood they wouldn't they'd leave yeah, I gotta go. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for the appreciate. You know, and it, uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, you know, we don't have any smash and grab robberies here. We don't have any shoplifting at the Walgreens. We have nothing here. You have to go and unlock. Like maybe the condoms, I guess. And I, you know, like I would know. But anyway, there are some high value things that are a little more expensive in my Walmart. They'll have it in a little glass case, but it's right by the pharmacy. Nothing else. In places like San Francisco, shampoo. I mean, all of the the items for health and beauty are locked up. And they're getting to the point where you literally have to lock up everything. Same goes in New York. Dwayne Reed pharmacies, pain in the butt. you got to go have somebody unlock a toothbrush for you. But this is Democrat politics. This is not Walmart's fault. How dare you? Walmart even stayed there. Walmart even came there after the George Floyd riots to try to make a go of it because they felt pressure from corrupt organizations like Black Lives Matter. And they got there. And they got robbed blind. So what do you want? You made your bed, lay in the bed. All right. The uh, producer involved in Tucker Carlson's firing, shall right. And good news on the freedom of speech front on the way. And Bob in Savannah, Georgia, you hold on. You'll be up next. It's the Rob Carson Show.
Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Bulldoze the swamp, pave it over, and start again. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, I got another call on uh, Walmart in Chicago. Tony in Woodlawn uh, wants to know, why do I care if Walmart closes in Chicago? Go ahead there, Tony. What's going on, man? Oh, Tony dropped off. Okay. I'm going to go to Bob in Georgia. That's what I'm going to do. Bob in Savannah. How you doing, my friend? Doing good, Rob, and love your show. Thank you for having me on. So I'm watching TV. I see the Sky News broadcaster talking about, you know, that Tucker Carlson may have thought he's bigger than Fox News. And so the Murdochs basically, at least in some ways, they have a right to decide who works for them, right? So they power play and they get rid of a guy who represents a lot of search for the truth and interest in the truth. And now Fox News, I've been watching them for 20 years, and all of those folks have now been immersed, in my opinion, in censorship. I don't know how anybody continues to look at Fox News. I can't turn them on. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, they clearly want to get. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. Uh, it should be fairly obvi- obvious, Bob. He the, the the network is being run by people like Paul Ryan, that, and he's on the board of directors. So it's very clear that it's the Rhino wing of the Republican Party. It's the they're the the only power that they have left. Really, the the only power they have left is with the swamp. It's not with the the voters. The voters have, have said, you know what? We're Donald Trump. We're not we're we're not going back to the Republican Party as usual. And and here's Fox. Here's Fox going back to uh, you know news media as usual after getting rid of 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 Tucker Carlson. And and either way, it's not going to work. Uh, you know, a, a Paul Ryan has no sway over the Republican Party anymore, but he does hold sway over Fox. Go ahead. And I got one more thing, Rob, is why is not more being talked about about Chuck Schumer and ALC saying deplatforming works? Chuck Schumer says, shut down this uh, Rupert Murdoch. The next day, you don't see anything more on these videos. It's unbelievable. Yes. And I'm, I'm talking about even Newsmax, Rob, which I have been watching Newsmax, but I saw uh-huh. Rob Finnerty. I wanted to email him because he had Ted Cruz on, and he never asked Ted Cruz, well, what about this Chuck Schumer thing, your, your buddy you sit in the Senate with? Why didn't you ask him about this? I mean, what's going yeah. on here, Rob? I mean, that needs to be put out there. Big time. All right. All right. I get it. I get it. Um, have you heard me talk about it, though? Yes, sir, I have. Well, there you go. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't have any editorial control over anybody else on Newsmax. They choose what they want. Literally, they choose what they're going to talk about on their own shows. I mean, they do have meetings, and they do say this is top of their thing. But, but there, there is an editorial control. Chris Salcedo, you ought to watch Chris Salcedo. He is uh, no well, holds barred. Like He's, and, and Greg Kelly, boom. Greg Kelly's actually my favorite. He and Chris Salcedo tied for first, kind of, sort of. All right, bro. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Lawyers for Abby Grossberg, who, by the way, wouldn't it be weird if her real name was Abby Normal Grossberg? Anyway, she confirmed to the spectator that the former uh, uh, Fox News producer actually never met Tucker Carlson. So this uh, this little uh, producer who never met Tucker Carlson has claimed that he was uh, bullying and anti-Semitic and the sexism and all this, even though uh, she never met the guy. 
And and I got to tell you, uh, this is snowflake generation stuff here. Uh, you know, sometimes you're going to use a terse language uh, as far as anti-Semitism. Really, Abby Grossberg, I mean, maybe he said something to you that wasn't even related to your religion, but you decided to take it there. But this is typical stuff. And by the way, the rumor is that she was on the way out the door. Uh, she was getting ready to be fired, and she decided to pull this out of her hat. So gross, he was reportedly incompetent on the verge of being fired. This according to a Substack article by Abby Grossberg, or not by Abby Grossberg. Um, but it was on... Uh, uh, no, this, this is actually Gateway Pundit. I apologize. Grossberg filed a suit alleging the company's legal team urged her to answer I don't know to questions in the company's lawsuit with Dominion voting co- machines. Shortly after Tucker Carlson was fired, Abby Grossberg ran to MSNBC to complain Tucker was a kingmaker. Quote, there was an aspect of I can pick who the speaker is. I can pick who the president is. Pick who the Republican candidate is going to be. I thought that was a dangerous and, uh, and I didn't want that kind of power. I know Tucker Carlson. I mean, I know him as a performer. He didn't feel that way. And you're high. Uh, You know, he may have an ego, but not that kind of ego. Give me a break. I didn't want to have uh, Senate candidates calling me and being very upset. Are you going to destroy our whole campaign tonight? Because he could do that. He would call you and tell them that if they didn't come on this show, we will destroy you. That's what Abby said. Abby never met him. And uh, back to this. Uh, this is a quote from uh, uh, Abby. Uh, like many of the Tucker Carlson staff, Abby never met Tucker Carlson in person because he taped the show in his personal HQ, his, uh, his studios in Maine and Florida, did not visit New York headquarters during her time there. Uh, Grossberg in a workplace environment on the show he hosted, as well as the lawsuit allegedly connecting uh, connection to Carlson's firing, saying that he was a bully. Uh, Tucker and his executive producer, Justin, Wells were also fired, really, were responsible for breaking me and making my life a living hell. The two spoke on a phone until she left the network. Sexist environment was perpetrated at his direction by other employees who served as his eyes and ears. That's an inference. That's an inference. She's saying that they served as his eyes or ears. There's nothing there that is quantifiable. She's making that up. Since Tucker did not come to the office, he relied on Justin Wells as an executive producer and others like Alexander McCaskill, senior producer, who were present in the office every day to be his eyes, ears, and mouthpiece and convey his tone. Again, not quantifiable whatsoever, completely made up. Now, here's the amazing thing. And I've been very fortunate in broadcasting because I've never been sued because I'm really, really, really careful about things. And I treat people well. Uh, some people like, oh, I don't know, um, uh, James, uh, uh, what's his name, who, uh, who quit last night, James Corden. Uh, he was a complete D-word. Um, uh, and also uh, Ellen DeGeneres, complete D-word. Uh, did she get sued? Yes, she did get sued. But I have discovered that if you uh, underperform what you do or do a bad job, if you are a member of a protected class, it's easier for you to bring suit. And I had something kind of like this happen when I was let go in a radio station. And one of my producers, who was a terrible employee, terrible employee, and I'm not going to get into the things that this person did, but she alleged something when I was let go, and they laughed her out of the building because everybody knew me and and you know i don't leave an email trail because i don't treat people poorly i i you know i i'm respectful of people and and most people are but there are people who will and you know this is what if you're an employer you know as well as i do 
And that environment's getting worse. It's getting very hard to fire people for malfeasance and for underperformance if they're part of a protected class, Don Lemon. Did I let that slip out? Yeah, I let that slip out. I let it slip out. So uh, it claims the defendants unlawfully, unlawfully subjected Miss Grossberg to, Grossberg to a toxic work environment that is hostile to women like her, and that the purpose of the suit is to put to into the discriminatory and hostile work environment she and other female Fox News employees had to endure far too long. The suit alleges uh, Carlson of aiding and abetting the toxic work environment, you know, from his home. Uh, in one part, it recounts a January 23th conversation between Grossberg and senior producer Thomas Fox, in which Grossberg complained to him about her treatment we're all under stress this is tucker's tone and just the pace of the show mr fox is what to have said and which means that you're not here for therapy you're here to do your freaking job and every day you're in the media you are being observed by a thousand eyes half of them really love you and half of them would like to replace you so there you go, Miss Grossberg. Any other questions, or do you want to get back to your job? No, I'm just going to wait until I, you know, get fired, and I'm going to sue. In other words, the suit continues, Mr. Fox was admitting that the misogynistic fish rots from the head down, i.e. Mr. McCaskill behaved toward her in a deplorably discriminatory manner because he was inspired, permitted, and enabled to do so by Mr. Carlson, which means... Tucker Carlson never said anything of this to her. Tucker Carlson didn't talk to her. He had nothing to do with her. She's inferring all of this because uh, Mr. Fox isn't worth anything. Tucker Carlson is. Tucker Carlson is a big, big target. That's why she was invited on MSNBC. All right. I think I'm going to be done with that. Am I going to be done with that? Uh, hold on one second. Uh, disarray consumes Fox News as Murdoch's attempt to reassert control with Carlson and Bongino uh, with their ousters. Uh, I'm going to save that. I think we've done. A, I think we're enough on the uh, the Tucker stuff. Um, I'll just mention again that Newsmax ratings are through the ceiling, over 200 percent increase in all demos, even more. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, uh, good news. More than 100 Harvard professors and faculty members have banded together to form the new Council on Academic Freedom to protect free speech. Well, you're only about 30, 30 years too late on that one, guys. So things have gotten so bad guano crazy on campus that even liberal professors, or at least a few of them, are saying enough is enough and realizing that, uh, well, I'll tell you what this is. This is academia finally saying, uh, we better fix this or people are not going to come to school here anymore. And there's a lot of that going on, and there's a lot of people saying we're not going to give any more money to you. And when you do stupid stuff like chase off a conservative speaker, realize that there are thousands of conservatives who have graduated from your institution who are saying, you know what? Screw you. Steven Pinker, the uh, council's co-founder and Harvard psychology professor in an Op-ed in the Boston Globe earlier this month stated that the confidence in American higher education is sinking largely because the impression that universities are rep repressing differences of opinion. Well, no kidding. Uh, there is no matter of this being um, uh, an impression. It's a reality.
It has been stoked by viral videos of professors being mobbed, cursed, heckled into silence, sometimes assaulted. It is vindicated by some alarming numbers. The Harvard professor noted that academic institutions that censor student and faculty will, quote, inevitably provide erroneous guidance on vital issues like pandemics, violence, gender, and inequality. Pinker announced in the op-ed he and 50 colleagues had formed a new council to protect academic freedom. Again, where's that in media? Where's sag and AFTRA saying, you know what? Uh, a good share of our performers are conservative. We need to defend them and make sure that they, are, they have freedom of expression. No, there's none of that. None of that. Yeah. So uh, there was another professor, uh, Jeffrey Flyer, who has been in the Ivy League school since 1978, told the New York Post, during a great part of my career, I never thought of there being a problem with free speech or uh, academic freedom at Harvard. He explained that he started to notice increased attacks on free speech when, uh, while he was the dean of Harvard Medical School from 2007 to 2016. Flyer stated the Ivy League professors formed the council to create a network of people who'd stand up against censorship and protect academic freedom. It's about time, guys. I mean, I welcome this, but uh, you're only doing this because it's finally hit the fan. When the next instance occurs, this group will spring into action, both behind the scenes and publicly, and I think it will be a different ball game when it happens. Janet Haley, a law school professor and feminist legal theory scholar, told The Post that she joined the council after witnessing countless professors targeted for free speech nationwide. People have been fired and canceled, guys. In academia, uh, speakers have been chased off campus. If this has been going around since the early 90s, I remember this. And, and it used to be that you're, you're just a racist if you're conservative. Now it's your words are violence. We saw at the University of Missouri, uh, the Black Lives Matter did a big, they, they took over the quad. And one of the journalism professors chased away the media because these little snowflakes might get uh, offended by a comment. That was six, seven years ago, eight years ago. That's why I ended my relationship with um, the University of Missouri. Back to this professor, Janet Haley, uh, we're in a crisis time right now. Many, many people are being threatened with and actually put through disciplinary processes for their exercise of free speech and academic freedom. Again, where have you been the last 30 years? I got a little bit more from this. This is a victory, guys, and, and I told you we're, we're winning this. And I really think, like, for instance, uh, a couple weeks ago when Alvin Bragg had Donald Trump brought to New York, that was a that was a moment. That was a moment. Tucker Carlson's firing, that's another moment. And I think we've reached the end of our ropes with regard to uh, our academic freedom, our freedom of expression being shut down by the left. I really do. I think we've reached a turning point, and I think we're going to take our country back. Uh, let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. So it's getting uh, very clear that we've uh, got a war on free speech and only some speech is allowed. And I think we are, uh, after the successful censorship that uh, uh, the deep state was able to do in uh, 2016, 2020 midterms, now with, with Twitter being purchased by Elon Musk and other things happening, it's finally, uh, you know, we're, we're finally seeing the light. I mean, look at Twitter. Look at Twitter. Tucker Carlson's speech, the, the two minute that got 70 million views. <laughs> it got 70 million views the day after it was published. Tucker Carlson's two-minute speech. 70 million. It wouldn't have gotten 70 million on Twitter when Elon Musk didn't own it. 
It would not. It would have been shut down. Guys, think of all the things that you had flagged as misinformation or taken down. Or maybe you were shadow banned. I know I was. I'm still shadow banned on Facebook. It's a joke. I don't even mess with it anymore. But uh, on Harvard, they're changing it. It's kind of funny because there's a professor there, Ned Hall. He says, most students come to Harvard actively interested in having robust conversations and in being guided by professors. Here's the problem. A recent survey conducted by the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression and College Pulse found that only 27% of Harvard students believe that uh, uh, shouting down a speaker on campus that they disagree with is never acceptable. So uh, bull crap on that one. Yeah, bull crap on that one. Oh, and uh, and then there's... Um, there, oh, this is fun. This is fun. This is fun. So the Montana legislature has formally given the trans-Democrat uh, the boot for encouraging insurrection. Zoe Zephyr has been booted. She's the, that person is the one who said, you have blood on your hands for not surgically removing little boys' sex organs and little girls' breasts, but you're the ones who have the blood on your hands. I think it was more like, but you're the ones who have the blood on your hands. I think it was a little bit more like that. But anyway, uh, so she will be able to remote, uh, vote remotely, will not be able to engage in person because of, uh, of this. This is what happened. This is what this jackweed did. This, this legislator invited these people and encouraged this in the observation galley in the House. When you go to Washington, D.C. and you get in the gallery in the house, I went one time when I was there. Unfortunately, Lindsey Graham was talking. I know, I know, I know. It's like of all the people that could be talking when I get there. So anyway, but you have to be quiet. Do you know why? Because your freedom of expression was already expressed when you voted for someone to go into that house and they do your speaking for you. You can't scream from the gallery. Oh, and then, then, then there's this. Hold on. Where's the other one? Here is the, uh, the protesters pounding on the door to the legislature. Yeah. Yeah, they essentially did the same thing in Tennessee, but, uh, but uh, uh, Joe Biden invited the leaders of that insurrection to the White House. Notice it didn't get a lot of press. You know why? Because people think it's a bunch of crap. All right? So uh, Zephyr, born Zachary Rash... I can see why you changed the name. Your name is Rash. Anyway, lashed out at his republic. Her, it, they, them, sis, burr, boomba. Uh, colleagues during a debate over the amendments, Bill 99, the Youth Health Protection Act, already house, passed by the House and Senate. So it's already been passed. And this person decides they're going to behave like a little child. And uh, the adult said, you know what? Uh, I think we're kind of done. I think we are absolutely done. And you're uh, done with being here. And I think that's great. Uh, because we can't have this kind of behavior. Well, what about January the 6th? Uh, no, the completely different million people in Washington, D.C. to contest the election that was obviously questionable. Uh, Antifa, the FBI, uh, all sorts of uh, shenanigans there with people being infiltrated into the crowd. People left Donald Trump's speech before he finished so they could go break windows out and let people into the house. I can go on and on. Tucker Carlson had a whole Monday show about it where he disproved all the narrative of a violent insurrection. But that said, not even close to what this is. But I think people are, um, are kind of done with it, and she's, that person is done. It's just, just because, and yeah, this is the candy aisle kid thing. Uh, they created a candy aisle for parents who can't say no to their kids. So you go to that one so they don't pitch a fit. 
That's the uh, that's the candy owl kid right there. That's what they do. They pitch a fit, and now the adults are in charge. I love it. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. This is the Rob Carson Show. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Welcome to it. Last hour of the show. Here's the number if you'd like to uh, call. It is 800-922-6680. So uh, Newsmax numbers through the ceiling today. Uh, you know, it, it's it's difficult because um, there are very few conservative outlets still, you know. And, and, you know, I think maybe another reason why Tucker Carlson uh, might have been let go... Um, Rush Limbaugh died two years ago, and uh, and conservatism took a major hit. And you've noticed that the assault on free speech went through the ceiling after that, right? I wonder how much, I wonder how much influence his passing had on the deep state trying to shut us up even more. You you got like they could get away with it. You you got to kind of. I I have no doubt that he had a major impact. His passing had a major impact. They were like, okay. Let's go ahead with this DHS disinformation board, right? But uh, as with anything, and as uh, Tucker Carlson said over the weekend, eventually uh, you find truth, and once you start sharing truth, it becomes addictive. It really does. Once you, you know, for instance, uh, we were told forever you couldn't talk about certain things. Everything was disinformation or misinformation. You couldn't. I was told by, not, not by my boss. But by other people, uh, the 2020 election, there was no uh, election interference. There was no uh, voter fraud or anything. And I was like, uh, no, uh, no, I I have a right to that opinion because it's an opinion. Even if you may think it's wrong, it's, it's an opinion. But we were told, literally, you cannot have an opinion. They, the government literally told you and me, conservatives, there were some things that could not be breached. And... That was supported by federal dollars paying people like the Stanford Virality Project to shut down freedom of speech. The FBI, the DHS, all of the agencies of government were involved in it. And throughout all of that, even though I lost my YouTube page for for putting an RFK video up about COVID that was actually proven to be true. They took my YouTube page away. Facebook, my Facebook page disappeared the day after the election before I even made a post. And then my Facebook page went again, went away again earlier this year when I was going to town on Facebook. I was talking about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg losing money. They deplatformed me altogether that day. <laughs> and I didn't even post anything. So, you know, this is, uh, this is pretty remarkable. And now we're seeing a reverse. Now we're seeing people being hungry for truth and hungry for, like, for instance, nobody is turned off when you turn to Newsmax and uh, Alan Dershowitz is invited as a panelist, even though he's a liberal. 
you, you know, if you want, you can hear that viewpoint. And by the way, his viewpoint is common sense. There's nothing political about his viewpoint. Generally, it's common sense and legality. But but people are looking for that. And now that Tucker Carlson is gone, they can the network can literally say, okay, don't ever bring up the January the sixth video thing again. Because it's, it's in it's history. Don't ever bring up the 2020 election again. It's history. Uh, and that's what they're doing. And so people are going, okay, well, where the hell do we go now? Well, wait, didn't we go to Newsmax after the election, election night, when Brett Baer announced that uh, Joe Biden had won and nobody else had? And they were, like, feeling really, really betrayed by Fox. And they went to Newsmax, and Rob Carson's ratings on Saturday night went to, like, 600,000 people, 700,000 people watching a Saturday night show. You know? And then uh, Tucker was still there, and that kind of died down. They made it go away. They made it appear that Fox was pretty uh, conservative, and Tucker was able to do his deal. And he was, he was hitting on all strides, man. The best ratings ever, most popular personality on television. And they let him go. You never do that. You never do that. And it's not because of this little crappy little lawsuit of this ex-producer who never met him. There's nothing to do with it. But you know what's kind of interesting also? Uh, it looks like Rupert Murdoch and his sons are going after Tucker. And they had some stuff locked and loaded. They're going after him uh, in the Sky News Australia, some of the other entities. And they're going to do their level best to uh, bring him down. And uh, I, I just think it's pretty shameful. I think it's pretty shameful. Well, you want to shut somebody down in time for the 2024 election, keep him quiet through the 2024 election, and, and make no bones about it. That's what they want to do. He hasn't even been fired yet, by the way. Did you know that? Megan uh, Kelly, she said, no, he hadn't been fired. He's still under contract. He's just been silenced. And as long as you're making money, as long as you're getting paid, <laughs> you have to, the only place you can talk is on Fox, and Fox says you're not going to be on the air anymore. So there's that. And that's why Newsmax is up in total audience 220%. And with women, 270%. And with men, 261%. And with, uh, uh, it's just amazing. So we thank you, and, and I promise you we won't disappoint. I, I really, I promise you you won't disappoint. We won't disappoint. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll like it. And if you get a chance to watch my show, that would be uh, great. It's this weekend. It's called Rob Carson's What in the World. Hey, remember that uh, jailed uh, women's basketball story? Uh, star, I guess star, even though nobody can name a, in a, in a, a women's professional basketball star. Anyway, a basketball star who was uh, arrested and held in a Russian prison because she uh, brought some uh, THC vape stuff with her. Well, she's back. And she's still mouthing off. Here's Jim Gossett. Nothing would be finer than to not hear Brittany Griner and her whining. I don't care what she's thinking. It's led me to drinking all that wine. <laughs> Britney's a pothead. You all know the rest. Biden is a nuthead. He called her our nation's best. Best what? Trans athlete she supports. Perverting women's sports. Britney Griner. America fashion, <laughs> she does it in a fashion that's not minor. Biden sprung this druggie and he left the Marine. A travesty, the likes that we've never He's seen. He's still in jail. Why did he protect her? This anthem disrespect to Britney Griner. 
Britney Griner hates this nation. There you go. So here's what Brittany Griner had to say yesterday. I have some tape, but I'm not going to play it for you. I'll just, uh, I'll just read this article. I think it's a crime. Or no, it's more like, I think it's a crime. Brittany Griner slams the push to ban trans women from competing against biological, or trans women. Yeah, hold on, I get confused. Trans women, which are men originally and became women, maybe as recently as 365 days ago. Anyway, ban trans women from competing against biological women in sports and says everyone deserves the right to play. And my first uh, response yesterday was, um, then why don't you let Shaquille O'Neal play in the WNBA? Why don't you let, I don't know, I don't watch the NBA anymore. Why don't you let a uh, somebody who perhaps is about ready to lose, their, or maybe they lose their contract. Maybe they, they end their contract and the league lets them go. How about NBA players who get cut going to the WNBA? How about that? Do you think Brittany Griner would be crazy about that idea? No. And here's another thing while she's uh, mouthing off. Uh, Brittany Griner, she, uh, she said it's going to be a crime to ban trans women appearing at her first conference of the Phoenix Mercury. I know they have a team. In, in, in Phoenix, the Mercury, they draw dozens. Anyway, so she uh, said it. Uh, she definitely will be speaking up against the legislation that was passed in the House, uh, basically saying that if you're born a man, you got to compete with men, or uh, you, know, you can't compete with women, or you, they'll create a separate class, which is completely fair. So she's uh, doing that. And she says she'll be speaking up about those laws referring to Republicans wanting to amend Title IX as a guarantee to protect women's sports. Everyone deserves the right to play. Calling any other viewpoints as a threat to trans people are a threat to trans people, and they prevent them from being truly who they are. And uh, on top of the question that I asked earlier, which is, then is it cool for, okay, how about this? How about a college athlete who didn't make the cut for the NBA as a man? Playing for the WNBA. How about that? Or how about this? If you think that both sexes are completely the same, then Brittany Griner, why aren't you playing for the NBA? Right? So it sounds like with anybody else's sport, she's perfectly fine with men coming in and beating the snot out of people. But I wonder how she'd feel if a major NBA player decided i wish somebody would i i really do i wish that a uh, uh, an nba player maybe who's been cut maybe who's considering retirement or on the way to retirement there's that guy the uh, freedom what's his name uh maybe he should go play for the WNBA. i'd love to see that i gotta remember what his name is uh but anyway he's been coming out with um uh a bunch of um Comments that are politically, uh, yeah, freedom. What's his name? Freedom, uh, Ernest Cantor, Enos Cantor, Enos Cantor, Enos Cantor. Uh, uh, anyway, what about him? I, you know, would be would it be really cool if Enos just decided to join the WNBA just to declare himself a woman uh, and and play for the WNBA? Do you suppose that she would be as um, as uh, robust in her defense of letting men play in women's sports? I'm not thinking so. I'm not thinking so. Oh, there's this. Uh, Nashville police are going to release the manifesto of the trans shooter. They recovered from her vehicle. Oh, that is, isn't that dead naming or something? Isn't there something bad? There's something bad. I think it's something bad about saying that. But anyway, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, this person who uh, wanted to be defined as a transgender individual 
after she went into uh, this, uh, this, this church and school and murdered uh, six people, um, is being denied her identity in death. Do you think that's kind of, <laughs> kind of funny? It's not, it's not funny at all, but you know what I'm saying. So apparently they uh, initially uh, said they weren't going to release the manifesto of the trans shooter. Um, they got it from that person's car. March 27th, 28-year-old uh, Audrey Elizabeth Hale, transgender former uh, student, murdered uh, three nine-year-olds and three adults. So we're going to get a peek at the, uh, at the, uh, the manifesto. Now, they're saying that they're reviewing it right now, so there's no telling if this is going to be in any way, shape, or form um, edited. So we'll see what happened, but there is uh, there was that. All right, so uh, coming up, I want to get into um, a little bit about, uh, oh, this is kind of good news, actually, on the Barbie doll front. I know that sounds weird. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about what they want to do with the military and green energy that is absolutely, I mean, beyond stupid. We might have to make this actually into who caught the stupid update. Uh, and that's coming up. Your phone calls as well at 800-922-6680. It's the Rob Carson Show. Dissent is not disinformation. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yeah, I would be interested to see if uh, Brittany Griner would be cool with an NBA player uh, moving over to the WNBA to compete with her. I'm not thinking that uh, she'd be too crazy about that idea, but she's perfectly cool with, uh, I know, Leah Thomas becoming a woman his senior year after failing as a man and then uh, becoming the best woman swimmer in the country. I mean, do we need, I mean, honestly... It's just, it's so absurd, and we've been gaslit for feeling terrible, or into feeling terrible, that we pointed out the obvious. It's not fair. This is a point of madness. We are at a point of madness, and I really do believe the madness is ebbing. This is uh, Brittany Griner yesterday. It's a hard time, so. (laughs) See, you cried, then you made me cry. (laughs) I I, uh, don't believe I'd ever heard her talk before. Um, just digging deep, honestly, you know, uh, you're going to be faced with adversities, um, throughout your life. I wonder what her, uh, Russian cellmate had to say about this. Uh, this was a pretty big one, but I just kind of relied on my hard work getting through it. I know this sounds so small, but you know, oh, you know, whatever, I don't care. <sighs> But as far as uh, I don't, I don't understand the uh, self-destructive um, attitude that some women have with other women just being completely wrecked. Women's sports being completely wrecked. Uh, fortunately, I think women are uh, beginning to fight back on this, and, and thank God they're doing that because honestly, it makes no sense at all. It makes no sense or, at all for women to be this self-destructive. But this is what self-loathing liberals do. Self-loathing liberals are like, it's the same way, and there, there are uh, Jewish people in Israel who literally think that, uh, uh, you know, that the Palestinian people should be able to, you know, destroy Israel, or other people are willing to destroy Israel. They're, they're perfectly fine with, oh, yeah, Israel's terrible. It really should be blown up by Iran. You know, that kind of, there are literally self-loathing liberal Jewish people who, who are fine with, I don't know what the, the pathos, I don't know what, what's going on. Self-loathing liberals are that way. They, even to the point of their own destruction, they're fine with it. It doesn't make any sense. But meanwhile, the other women are over here going, you know, I, I've got a daughter, and I really don't think it's fair for uh, her to have to compete with a dude. You know? Doesn't make any sense. It's time for one of these. Stupid, 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 people, 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 people. Just plain stupid. Stupid, 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 st
So a couple of uh, green energy stories that are, I mean, really, really, really stupid. And uh, you know what's really remarkable is that there are people in power in our country who um, who think that by saying something that it'll happen, even though it is impossible to do. Like, for instance, Joe Biden said at the beginning of his presidency, make all government vehicles e- uh, into EVs. Um, first of all, it's it's absurd because there is no infrastructure for it and the only way to create the energy to charge those batteries is largely through fossil fuels about 85 percent of the time so it's stupid it's stupid it's bringing a lot of pollution a lot of middlemen a lot of child labor into it the whole deal and then you've got california they're going to require zero emissions passenger trains after 2030 and freight trains after 2035 now you ever seen a passenger train a mile long you know, and they've got a t- three or four engines up front, some of them facing forward, some of them facing backwards, because, you know, they go up and down a, a track so they can go as fast in reverse as they can forward. doesn't matter which way you're facing. And uh, right now, there is no electric train out there that's going to be able to be charged, be able to have the battery, uh, to be able to do long-haul freight hauling like gas vehicles do. And duh. Anybody driving a train knows this. But these idiots in California, the California Air Resources Bird, a board also known as CARB, aren't CARBs bad? I'm on keto, has enacted new regulations that will require zero emission trains to be introduced after 2030, focusing on a sector often seen as a green alternative to cars and trucks. So there are trains that do run on electrical rails, but no freight trains will ever be electric. They don't have the capacity, they don't have the power, they don't have the batteries. It's stupid. But of course, this is what the Democrat Party does. They say, just like Captain Picard, on Star Trek The Next Generation, make it so. Make it so, Mr. LaForge. Make it so. 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 Sir? Do it. Do it. Yeah. So uh, CARB finalized regulations that ban the sale of gas-powered cars in the state after 2035. California also plans to ban diesel and gas-powered trucks by 2040 and require all electric trucking fleets by 2042. And this is why so many people are leaving California, because they're a bunch of morons. That's it. Then there's Jennifer Granholm, the energy uh, secretary, who is cute as a bug's ear but dumb as a box of rocks, Without the rocks. She, was, uh, te- she testified uh, last week to the Senate Armed Services Committee that she supported requiring the United States military to move all electric vehicles into the military by 2030. Now, there is an electric Hummer. In fact, there's a dealership near me that has four of them, and they've been sitting on the lot for four for an entire year because nobody wants them. But there are MRAP vehicles, and there are tanks, and there are fuel transports and troop transports, and none of them are electric, and none of them ever will be electric. But this moron, and I, you know what? I don't usually like to call names, but honestly, if you just think as the energy secretary that you could say to the military, by 2030, all of your vehicles have to be electric, even though you don't even know what the hell they have, then you're a moron. I don't have time to play her audio here, but she was uh, questioned by uh, Joni Ernst of Iowa about this. And she literally says, even though uh, none of the fleet in the military is electric, she wants all of them electric by 2030. 
Honestly, we've got to end the madness. We have got to just say no, and Congress needs to defund any of this crap and all of it. Let's come back with the last hour, half hour of the show. Stick around, guys. care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. Here is uh, Joni Ernst from Iowa, who's a rhino, and uh, talking to Jennifer Granholm, the Biden Energy Secretary, who's cute as a bug's ear and dumb as a box of rocks without the rocks, uh, asking about military EVs. Now, realize that most of the vehicles in the military cannot and will never be EVs. So, tanks. You're welcome. No. Troop transport, uh, MRAPs, uh, you know, uh, uh, carriers for fuel carriers. Uh, and, and imagine this. Imagine you're in another country like you're in Iraq and, uh, and there's a military conflict and you don't have any charging stations. This is how ungodly stupid these people are. Honestly, they really, really are criminally stupid. But here is uh, Jennifer Granholm saying, even though none of these vehicles exist, which would require years and years of development, years of development just to design the new vehicles, just to design, let alone make them work. And, and what are you going to do? Are you going to have giant battery charging stations? Or when you're going to be in a field of battle, are you going to have a giant gas-powered charging station? God, this woman is so stupid. Here we go. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do, and I think we can get there. No, you can't. Well. And I do think that reducing our reliance on the volatility oh. of globally traded fossil fuels. Now listen to this. And this is what really... Breathe. This is what really ticks me off. Here is this awful, ignorant woman who has no experience in the energy sector, has no idea what she's talking about. She's saying that we need to move our military to electric vehicles so we don't have to rely on the, volunteer, the volatility of the international oil market. Joe Biden made us energy dependent again. This is a question that could easily be fixed. Uh, you just say to her, um, if we're energy dependent, we don't need to worry about that. But, of course, I don't believe Joni Ernst asked that. I'm not even sure. But here is this, this, this moron uh, saying that, oh, yeah, we gotta be, we're going to become uh, electric because of the volatile oil markets in the country, in the, around the world, even though we were energy independent. We, this wasn't even an issue. We're having to kiss the ring of Saudi Arabia to try to get them to produce more. We're buying crap oil from, uh, from Venezuela. It's so just criminally stupid. It is criminally stupid. Here's more from her. Where we know that global events such as the war in Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home. Not if you produce enough oil that you're sitting, you're sitting on an ocean of oil and natural gas. My God. It, it uh, does not contribute to energy security. I think energy security is achieved when we have homegrown clean energy that is abundant, like you see mm -hmm. in Iowa. We think that we can. Yeah, how do you take that into a field of battle, you moron? Uh, and, and it should be fairly clear to you that she wants to kneecap our military. Is it, is it, isn't it kind of, isn't it kind of kneecapping our military, kneecapping our energy sector, kneecapping our economy? Of course it is. 
It's meant to be intentionally destructive. Joe Biden, when he, when he took office, he said the federal fleet is going to be completely electric. And my thing was, okay, well, then all of a sudden you're going to have to create this massive infrastructure. You're going to get rid of thousands, thousands, tens of thousands of vehicles. Replace them with vehicles who, that haven't been built yet. All right? All of that. And then what do we hear? Uh, two big battery plants owned by Ch- Communist China opening in uh, Michigan with federal and state dollars. That's the payback. That I'm, I'm creepy like Joe Biden there. That's the payback. That's the payback for Joe Biden getting millions and millions and millions of dollars from Communist China. That's the payback. We're going to electrify everything. We're going to have to go to China for all of the batteries, all of the solar panels. And then if that doesn't work, we're actually going to bring the battery building plants into the United States and pay for it with U.S. tax dollars. That's what's happening, kids. That's what's happening with your money. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can have an EV. Enjoy your EV. I will never own an EV. The only way I would ever own an EV is if we're like uh, uh, the one in uh, the end of uh, Back to the Future. You just put some garbage in there and they could use n- nuclear fusion to get it to work using the, uh, the power of the, uh, the atom. You know, then I would do it. Then I would be so down with it, right? But right now, there's a reason why the first cars were electric. And the reason why they said, you know, uh, electric cars are pieces of crap. And so for 120 years, they made gas cars. It's because of big oil. Really, big oil didn't exist then. But that's, they found that if you could take a 20-gallon uh, tank of gasoline and get 500 miles out of it, it's better than an EV battery that will get you 100 miles that you have to recharge. So they're literally telling us to invest in the, uh, in the tech of the past, for the future. It's, it's stupid. It's bought and paid for by the communist Chinese. And I will never own an EV. As long as I'm getting uh, power from a, a coal-fired plant south of town, as long as I have a vehicle that I want to be able to rely on in cold weather and hills and when I'm hauling stuff and, and people who work for a living who, who have drywall in the back of their pickup or they're hauling tile or they're hauling concrete or they're hauling whatever, EVs are worthless. EVs, that's why I say EVs are for posers. Not because you, if you want to go and have an EV in your, and you throw some golf clubs in the back or go to Whole Foods and throw a couple groceries in the back seat, you know, that's cool if that's what you want, if it's your little commuter car. But America cannot and will not run on EV engines. It's not going to happen. There will never be an electric battleship. There will never be an electric uh, tank. There will never be an electric dump truck. It's not going to happen. And the day that we say no to this nonsense is the day that we can move on because our climate is not changing. The world is not warming. It's not cooling. We've been threatened with this global catastrophe for 50 years and nothing has happened. This is carbon dioxide, a very tiny proportion of the atmosphere. All of this is nonsense. They say, oh, well, people are coming to the United States because they're, they're you know, climate change. Really? And then they say, well, the, the hurricane in Florida is caused by climate change. Really? Then why are people moving to Florida? Why are people coming up to the United States if there's all this climate change? If the more storms and more frequency of the United States of global warming climate change, why are people coming here? We should be going there, right? Or maybe they're just making it all up. Because they are. 
It's all nonsense. And this is the year we have to turn from nonsense back to uh, common sense. Uh, Let's talk to Nancy first in New Jersey to talk about uh, the military going EV and the zero chance that can happen. Go ahead. Good afternoon, Rob. We were at an outdoor show over the weekend, and there was a table there for military recruiting that the entire afternoon no one was stopping at. So we were walking by later in the afternoon, heard them chatting about this whole EV push in the military, and they didn't know that people were listening, but they were laughing about what an impossibility it was. And one of them mentioned that one EMP attack would wipe out the entire military fleet if everything was EV. Yes, of course, and Nancy. How that would be, yeah. And it's it's about kneecapping. Another- It's about kneecapping our military and our economy. That's what it has always been about. Go ahead. The second part of the conversation, if you don't mind me sharing. Yeah, please, please. Yeah. We stopped and talked to them about our son being unwilling, and his goal always was to join the military, being unwilling because of the transgender push, among other things, in the military. Now, these were both uniformed men. One of them looked up at me as a mom and said, well, it's just the way it is. Yeah. It's the way of the world today, and it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. I didn't respond to him because, I'll be honest, I was taken aback, and it almost brought tears to my eyes. I was upset, and I walked away. My husband stopped me and said, why are you upset? And I told him the conversation. He went over to those two military men and said to them, do you think China is telling that to their military recruits and their military members? And neither of the gentlemen answered him, and we walked away. But I was shocked by the conversation, and I have to tell you, it hurt me deeply, and I feel like I'm going to cry right now over it. Yeah, I know. And and you know something, Nancy? Um, the other day, I was talking to a friend of my daughter's, and uh, she's thinking about joining the military. And uh, and I uh, I didn't. I used to think it would have been a really good idea. I really do. I really, I really thought joining the military would have been a really good idea for a lot of kids. And, and, and listen, most of my family was military. My dad was a World War II veteran. My brother, who died uh, 20 years ago at age 38, he was a military member. My brother David uh, is a veteran. And, and my two other uncles were World War II veterans. And I've always been proud. But I, I don't... I, I, unless the U.S. military changes uh, its its uh, you know its its trajectory uh, with regard to political correctness and this nonsense, uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. And I think that's really sad because I want people. I, you know, we have to have a defense. But if the if you're going to sign up for the military and have your hands tied, then what's the point in being in the military, Nancy? And you know what, Rob? I felt like. If you were representing your company and you were trying to sell your company to, I don't know, a potential employee or perhaps someone to buy your product, would you stand there and say, yeah, well, it kind of does, you know, my product kind of does stink, but what the heck, you know, we want you to buy it anyway. I felt like they were throwing our country away. Like, how could they represent not only our military, but this great country of ours with that kind of attitude and with that kind of sort of like resolve like yeah it is that way so what i mean it's it's a horrible thing and we're we're really really upset because like you 
that was our son's future. I mean, that was his plan for his life. And we were very, very proud of the idea of it. And now don't want him to have anything to do with it. Well, Nancy, if if uh, if uh, uh, Lloyd Austin were the head of a CE, uh, the CEO of a company, would you want to work for that company? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? And I, I just don't understand it, Rob. I'm so... Oh, I'm beyond tears. I Would you? I, I, I know, Nancy. And listen, you know what? Your your, your son uh, uh, is young, and and who knows what's going to happen in the next two years if Donald Trump becomes the president, when he becomes the president, things are going to turn around. So I know, I know. Some days it's really. There are days you just you're you're maddened by it. But I'm just going to tell you, Nancy. You just got to keep saying no. You've just got to make make the military Bud Light, make Fox News Bud Light, make Disney Bud Light. That's what we're doing. That's how we're fighting back, Nancy. And I really hate to say that about our military, but unless they get new leadership, I wouldn't recommend any belong anybody belong to it. Military, you call me, please convince me otherwise. But you know, leadership at the top right now, you got Millie, you got uh, you got uh, uh, Lloyd. Uh, what's his name? You know, I just drew a blank on his name. Austin, yes, Lloyd Austin. Why would you want to work for them? They're morons. And, and why would you want to work for a, an organization that pulled out of Afghanistan, was forced to pull out of Afghanistan unceremoniously, sacrificing the lives of 13 people, injuring hundreds of people, and letting $85 billion worth of equipment and pallets of cash go to the terrorists who we were there to defeat in the first place? Uh, it just makes no sense. It's shameful, and it is criminally, criminally negligent. Thanks for the call, Nancy. I appreciate it. Let's go to Farah in California. Hello, Farah. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Rob. Um, I was just weighing in on the um, transgender and sports issue. Yes. Uh, the, I, I was a competitive gymnast, um, and this really just, bothers me that we're even having this conversation because to me it's a bunch of dudes wearing dresses trying to compete in women's sports and i don't have a problem if you want to compete as a trans person have your own section and you compete amongst yourselves the only problem i see that they don't want to do that is because there's there's what less than seven percent of the population they're not going to have anybody but other dudes competing with them well, uh, Farah, it's interesting, and the Boston Marathon just did a, uh, a uh, what is it, a non-gendered category, and uh, all the people who won, they used to be dudes. <laughs> they are. That's, that's my issue, Rob. Yes. They're just guys dressing up, and yeah. we're giving them this credence, and it's so upsetting to me. I work out seven days a week, eight hours a day. Um, I would be devastated if somebody took my spot because I, I lost my spot due to injury. Yep. Farrah, this is, this is uh, the death of shame. This is what the death of shame gets you. Uh, you have men who fail at their sport, and they are not afraid to say, okay, I'll become a woman and win, and then stand there on the platform and, and be proud of that win. That's the death of shame embodied. And if you can let that happen, then you can't be shamed into anything, no matter how bad your behavior. I appreciate your phone call. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. It's time to make common sense common again. It's the Rob Carson Show. One of the things that I uh, enjoy doing is uh, comedy. Um, I think you know. Uh, I do my level best to uh, try to bring humor to the table every day because uh, there aren't 
other people generally in talk radio who are uh, really funny. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, I'll just be honest. Uh, I started writing comedy for Rush Limbaugh because I was making $18,000 a year right out of college at a radio job. And I started writing for comedy networks for other radio personalities. And I got a hold of this guy who knew Rush Limbaugh. And, and, uh, and I, Rusty Humphreys was his name. And I said, do you think Rush would run my comedy? And he did. And and so I made uh, comedy for Rush. And, and comedy was big. Comedy was a good way. And, and a couple reasons I, I do it. A, it attracts an audience. B, it's my, it's my uh, wheelhouse. And... and and see, you can make a point using humor, and you can really drive the left bat guano crazy because they own comedy. They own late night until Gutfeld came along. They own all of that. I remember 1995, I was in Minneapolis, and, the, and a liberal rag wrote a story about me, and it said, yes, Virginia, conservatives can be funny. And they were surprised by it. So I use it not only to make a point with humor, but also, uh, like Farrah just called about these uh, trans athletes and all this, and the left saying it's okay for men to beat women. And I do this to really piss them off sometimes, too. You know? Just like, you know what? If you're going to do this to me, I'm going to make fun of you until your head explodes. Here's Jim Gossett. Sometimes it's hard to be a woman. That is so offensive. I know. <laughs> when you sound and look just like a man. That's what the First Amendment is all about, protecting offensive speech. Thought you should know. That kid, Dylan, is really killing. Might be on penicillin, I don't know. But light in a way they hadn't planned. He likes Bud Light in the can, not the bottle. Stand by your trans. Is that Brittany Greiner? Who says he's now a female? Oh, Tim Gossett. Sorry, never mind. He looks more like a she-male. You can't say that. The girl with something extra. Ooh. Stand by your trans. <whistles> Dylan needs more than makeup. Bud Light. He puts on all the blush he can. Big finish. Stand by your trans. Ah, there you go, Jim Gassett. <laughs> oh, I just, I want to mention this real quick. And normally I'm not really cool with like, oh, hey, we got a new trans Barbie and all. There's a new Down Syndrome Barbie. Down Syndrome Barbie. And when I heard this, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. but they do. They have a Down syndrome Barbie, and this is the first move by a company that I've ever seen that is really, really positive. Because the one genocide that we can verify that's happening in our country and countries around the world is that of the unborn baby with Down syndrome. They are the most beautiful people you could ever imagine. They may not be able to function mentally as well as you. Maybe not be able to perform uh, in some of the tasks that you do. But they are the best people you will ever know in your life and i think this is fantastic i think it's beautiful and if you have a kid who has down syndrome uh i'm just so uh you are blessed that's what i'll say let's come back and wrap things up it's a rob carson show all right guys that's gonna do it for me make sure to check out my tv show rob carson's what in the world god bless you and until monday don't catch the stupid see ya